Behind every planner, there's a person. And behind every person, there's a story. Welcome to Planner Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Jessica McWilliams. pleasure of talking to honorary planner community member and goal-getting queen, Lisa McWilliams. She is my sister-in-law, although more noble titles certainly apply. Lisa's callings give her names like work-at-home mom of two, long-distance runner, minimalism advocate, home educator, and nature lover. She is a productivity powerhouse that creates inspiration wherever she goes. Today, she brings her story of making time and space functional for the sake of finding more freedom. Please welcome Lisa McWilliams. Hello, everyone. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for popping on to my show. Of course. Thank you for having me. Speaking of popping up, your oldest son, so like I said, you're a mother of two, so you have two boys, my nephews, Max and Mason, so your oldest son, Max, just had a pop-up lemonade stand to raise money for families battling childhood cancers. Could you tell me about your experience and how, uh, like, what he's doing on Saturday? Oh, definitely, yes. So he is running a kids triathlon on Saturday. So he'll be swimming 100 yards, biking three miles, and running half mile. Those are the distances for his age bracket. He's seven. So that's on Saturday. So that's the event. And leading up to it, he has been raising money uh, for a foundation called the Pinky Swear Foundation, and they help kids with cancer and their families. So the the big fundraiser he had was uh, he was selling lemonade, um, and he's done a couple other things, but that was the big one. So if my listeners wanted to also participate in the Pinky Swear Foundation, now, is there some connection to hy V? did I see? Yes, Hy-Vee it sponsors the kids triathlon, so they're the big uh, oh, sponsor okay. for it. Mm-hmm. So they're like their corporate, yes, yep, presence behind it. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> he surpassed yeah. his goal too, which is pretty he amazing. Did. He did. well. His his first goal was a million dollars, and I oh. said let's <laughs> let's make a goal that we can attain. And then his next goal was a hundred dollars, and I said okay, I think I think we can. That's something attainable. So (laughs) absolutely a million. Well, he has a heart for kids, I'm sure too. Well, he is such a little athlete. I know he's a really strong swimmer. So I can't wait to hear about how he does in the lake. Yes, yes. And and it's, it's nice. They do the, uh, the swim is in chest deep water. So kids can touch if they need to, which as a mom gives me some peace of mind. Yeah. Or like, I'm just going to tiptoe across. I'm tired or something. That's great. Yes. Well, speaking of athletes, you are quite the runner, which we will be talking about more later. But um, it's time in my show for a segment called What's in Your Bag. Oh, good. This is the time where all of my guests will give me the inside scoop of their everyday carries. So I thought I'd ask you, what type of bag or case do you bring with you on a run and what's inside of it? Okay. So when I'm running... I don't have much with me. I have, uh, it's called a tube. It's kind of like a a fancy fanny pack, basically. Mm -hmm. And it literally is just a tube of fabric. And I stuff my phone in there. And then I I have earbuds, but they have a cord. So I'm not fancy enough to have Bluetooth ones. So I stick the cord in there. Mm -hmm. And then if it's a long run, meaning... Uh, probably if I'm running longer than 90 minutes. So if it's going to be a nine or 10 mile run or longer, I'll bring some kind of a, a snack. Um, 
I have like raisins or like an energy gel pack, something like that. And that's that's about it. And is it is it the brand called the tube a tube yeah. or is it's that called, just... like I think it's called the tube. Yep. The tube. Awesome. Well, thanks for letting us inside your everyday carry. Well, you don't run every day though, do you? Or do you? Uh, I I should. I used to run every day. And then a couple weeks ago, I did an event that um, was hard. And I haven't run since. <laughs> oh, yes. I hear yep. you. <laughs> to, oh, as a tangent, I took a free exercise class um, on Saturday as part of like that local festival over in Rosemont and it was called Pound and it had drumsticks oh, in it. Have you seen that class? I read about that one. I, I Well, you were per, in percussion in your youth. So as I was there, I was like, oh, I need to come back here with Lisa. Yeah, that would be really fun. I could not walk <laughs> for two <laughs> days. It was awesome. I'm back at it though. So Yeah. Oh, fun. <laughs> not funny. Oh, okay. Well, let's dive into minimalism. Um, that's kind of a buzzword that's thrown around a lot in the last few years. I guess before we get into a conversation about it, would I think it would be helpful for the listeners if you kind of defined it briefly, like what you when you hear the word minimalism, what are you talking about? So minimalism, it, it's a word that means a lot of things to a lot of people. When I think about minimalism, I'm thinking about uh, minimizing. Uh, your resources so that you can use them the best. Okay. So for example, uh, minimizing your stuff. So you Mm -hmm. can use the things that you have more effectively and more efficiently. Minimizing your time spent on different things so you can use it more effectively and efficiently. And that applies down the road in all of these different categories in life. But, But the real focus for me is to have less so you can use it more and um, get more out of life, basically. Yeah, those are excellent words to live by. Um, So not only do you use your stuff more efficiently, you perhaps even have more respect for it. Um, And that's one way to kind of also keep organized. So if there's like an amount of overwhelm, if you're spending a lot of time in your day um, and trying to figure out these chore lists, they can maybe dramatically be reduced if you really don't have as much to take care of, right? Right, precisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So could you specific, uh, specifically talk about your usage of like experience versus stuff uh, when applied to, I don't know, maybe like gifts for your kids or uh, what you do mm-hmm, definitely for fun or something like that? Yeah. So uh, we really started on this journey towards minim- of minimalism and um, having I wouldn't say we're not extreme minimalists, but we definitely have adopted a lot of the principles. And it started when we noticed uh, there was a lot of tension between my husband and I and our kids about cleaning up and toys and clothes on the floor and just mm-hmm. things all over the house. And I started to notice this pattern that it was all about stuff. And I thought, what if we didn't have all of that? What if we didn't have to argue about cleaning up the toys? What if we didn't have to argue? And and so we just sort of started with that. And we started reducing toys for the kids. And then I thought, well, I'm doing this for their things. Why am I not doing it for my own? So I started doing it for my own as well. And that's really how we got started. But then when it did come time for gift giving, it was sort of this – 
this conundrum because traditionally we give gifts of of things, right? Whether it be clothes mm-hmm. or toys or um, a tool or things like that. Um, most often, it, you know, historically it's been stuff. And so we thought, well, we just got rid of all of these things. Why would we want to bring more into our home? We're going to get right back to where we were before. Right. We it's a big cycle then, essentially. Yeah. And so we just kind of got creative and thought about what can we give. At first, um, the idea... Oh, <laughs> Hold on, Jess. It's okay. There's a walkie-talkie. Someone passed into my room. <laughs> hey, Mom, how's the podcast going? <laughs> oh, my word. He, like, quietly opened my bedroom so door and set it down and then shut the bedroom door and called me on the walkie-talkie. Like, that won't be disruptive. <laughs> that is so cute. Well, earlier I was um, doing – recording an intro for another guest and Molly knocks on the door and she's like, mom. And I had well prefaced. I'm like, this is going to be a thing for me. Like there's going to be a sign on the door, you know, recording in progress, emergencies only. Like I'm talking smoke or blood, yeah. you yeah. know, and she comes in knock, knock, real sheepishly. And she's like, mom, do you have any top coat nail polish? <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me I'm like is that an emergency to an 11 year old it's like I need the top (laughs) polish get out of here oh anyways okay so you were talking about gift gift giving giving, and not repeating the cycle of even just the abuse of your time not abuse it may be strong but even if you have to then cycle through and donate it or resell it or find another friend who could use it that's time. still an amount yeah. of time that you're exactly to that yep. item. and actually i just we took another load to the thrift store today of stuff to donate and I, as i was waiting in line at the thrift store you know the drive through um to drop off our stuff mm-hmm. i thought of that i you know at first i was glad we're getting rid of more things and i thought gosh here I am sitting in this drive-thru spending this time just to donate this stuff. Like this cycle, it just keeps going. Like it's, you know, it's interesting. And so it's just really convicting to not, um, to not take it for granted. You know, when we go to stores, like we're really mindful or I am about what are we going to bring out of this store? Because it's more than just the cost of the item. It's going to be the cost of taking care of that item, the cost of getting rid of that item. Mm-hmm. And um, so just kind of thinking through that whole chain. But back to gift giving. So uh, at first, the idea of just giving experiences to our kids who are young was not particularly appealing because to them, like there's just something special about opening a thing. Um, And this went for birthday Mm -hmm. parties that we went to as well. So I, I started doing consumable gifts, things that, you know, a silly string or uh maybe paints or markers, like things that are going to eventually be used quickly and then thrown away Um, because Mm -hmm. it made it exciting for kids. You know, I I have mixed feelings because I still kind of feel like it's feeding the cycle of buying stuff and then throwing it away. And what's. Yeah. Just for the sake of buying it. So it's not an ideal solution, but I think it helps, especially for kids who don't understand the full impact of too much stuff yet. Um, Right. And opening an envelope you get to a certain age where you're like, oh, an envelope. I'll take that because yeah, we know there yeah, might be a yeah. check inside of it yeah. or something. But when you're little, it's like all of these words that you can't quite read, like yep. paints <laughs> right. or paperwork. Like um, my mom has a lot of that on her counter. Right. I don't need my own, you know. 
though. Well, I have seen your boys thrive. In fact, I recently took them to the zoo with our other sister-in-law, Carly. And (laughs) there's one trail, the Minnesota trail, which has like a stamping, embossing, like, what would you call it? I don't know. It's not quite a scavenger hunt, but as you go through the trail, there's locations where you take a piece of paper, find the animal, stamp it down, and then kind of have this collection of like, look what I saw kind of thing. Well, we get all the way through and each stamp station, Mason, your youngest, was like pushing hard on this lever, like so like, oh, I'm going to get this stamp. I'm going to get it so good, you know, and then at the, at the very end, we walk out of the double doors into this like gathering area and I was like, kind of had my hand out, like, here, I'll take your paper and put it in my purse and like, give it to your mom. I don't know. I wasn't really verbalizing anything. And he crumples it up like a potato chip bag. Like he could, like he, he just put so much effort and like enjoyed the process of doing that. And then I was like, oh, do you not want to keep that? And he's like, nope. <laughs> And he found a recycling bin and he was completely satisfied with that experience without then bringing that piece of paper home to then, I don't know, look at later. So I see that kind of trickling down a little bit. So as far as um, the minimalism uh, that you're Mm -hmm. involved with, I guess, (laughs) sounds so shady that you're involved with this minimalism business, Um, how does that affect you in terms of planning your days, months, and years? We talked about like your time and stuff and experience, but what about when you think ahead? You mentioned being mindful about shopping and thinking ahead of like, what could I bring home or what could I leave here? But um, does that affect your goals at all? Or give me a snapshot of your view on creating that space in your plan. So I I do, I try to be mindful of, um, of, of time when I'm planning it. And so really it falls into a lot of different categories. You know, when I think about, uh, goals are so broad and abstract and I, my husband is not a goal setter. And so, um, I, by nature, like I kind of am, but I, I, I don't know. He's just so not that I haven't really fostered that. Um, but I've started to come up with some just in the back of my mind, like, particularly for homeschooling, um, goals that I want for my kids in the next year or for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't have anything formalized with that. But I do think, I do see how minimalism impacts how I plan. Really, when I think about scheduling, it's more like week to week for me. Um, I kind of look at each week on its own. And I have to minimize play dates and like fun excursions because we in our family, we have uh, three introverts and one extrovert. And so if we have too much going on, 75% of this household is worn down, crabby, not getting refilled, mm-hmm. and it's just a, a disaster. And so um, I try to, you know, when it like for talking numbers, two play dates a week is kind of our maximum. We don't usually do more than that. Um, and if I'm planning evenings, two nights out of the house in a week is usually the most I try to schedule just so that we have some flexibility. It doesn't mean if we don't have it planned that we're just going to sit here in a room by ourselves re-energizing, but it means that <laughs> it's not scheduled. And so we're available if something comes up or we all want to go for a bike ride or we have to go get groceries and we hadn't figured out another time we were going to do that. We just have time for those kinds of things. 
Yeah, I see that as freedom. It is. Yeah. I mean, the other night, we all four, we went on like a five-mile bike ride, and it took a while. We were gone for like three hours. We went to three parks along the way, drove by some, or biked by a friend's house, and um, you know, it was a whole evening out, which we hadn't planned for, but because we didn't have other plans, we were able to do that, and that was a sweet time, and I'm glad we were able to do that. Exactly. So when you're talking about, you know, two play dates a week, two nights a week, you know, and this kind of thing, do you kind of just base that on a feeling or are you writing this down somewhere? Like, do you have an app that you kind of plug stuff in, a shared family thing? Um, you mentioned your husband not being much of a goal setter. Like, does he even care kind of what's on the calendar or he'll just go with the flow with you or like a notebook? What's what's your process there with the, like, the physical act of planning? So we... We are old school. We have an a paper calendar and not like like a fancy one that I put in my bag. Like this is like the one you hang on your wall that has the picture on top and then one day for every mo- okay. day of the month. It's just like the old school. It's a calendar. We have it's a calendar. You're talking to the yep. right and people, we- Lisa. Paper <laughs> calendars. We're like, yes, and this is not weird. This is like our passion. <laughs> oh, we always laugh when we get together with um our small group from church and we have to plan dates. Everyone pulls out their phone <laughs> and has this fancy app. And I like I whip out this twelve by twelve spiral bound <laughs> calendar with my colored pens and Are you anyway. at your house when you do this or do you put your calendar in your bag? <laughs> No, I bring it. I bring like I only bring it if I know I need it. Because otherwise, I'm like, okay, well, I have no idea. I'll have to get back to everyone. I might convert you to the planner community yet if you're putting a twelve by twelve wall calendar in your purse. I can just. Well, aren't these uh, sunsets and kitty cats beautiful? Well, no, your I have seen you. You put some time into like a photo calendar most years yeah so we we have the yeah we have the family the family photo calendar and and it's fun and this uh is like you know jumping back to the minimalism theme i uh the the website that i use to design our calendar you can choose the months you don't have to do like a january to december calendar and so the last time i made it uh it was i think i did a 16 month calendar so i don't have i was like this takes a lot of time I don't want to sit down every year for hours to make this calendar. How can I minimize the time I spend on this project? And so that was one way of saving time and still getting uh, a customized calendar. Did you mention the company that you use? We use Shutterfly for that. And you've been happy with it? or? Yeah, yeah. It's been great. I've used it for a number of years and uh, I've been happy with the quality. A couple of years ago, I got a calendar and the, the binding was poor. Um, it was just kind of loose and some pages were falling out and I contacted them. They were great. They sent me a brand new one um, really quickly and it was it was fine. So I've been happy with them. And that's the only time I've had an issue for, gosh, I don't even know, many years. Before we move on to our next segment, it's time for a mini game I call List It. Okay. Okay. You will have... 20 seconds to verbally list as many items in a category as you possibly can. All right. And since you just completed this experience as a family a few months back, the category is Whole30 Compliant Foods. Okay. I can do this. Go. Uh, Pineapple, potatoes, sweet potatoes, strawberries, beef, beef, 
chicken, fish, um, almonds, uh, walnuts, five seconds, pecans, uh, blueberries, blackberries, carrots, cauliflower. Oh, that's it! (laughs) (laughs) The whole time I'm thinking, oh, here I gotta turn the timer off. The whole time I'm thinking, okay, we know it's over. Okay, timer done. Really, is it was like doing whole thirty. It never ends. <laughs> it never ends. When can I have peanut butter? <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking coconut oil. Say coconut oil. <laughs> You're not supposed to use oils very much. So I was like, I was thinking oils, and I'm like, oh, those are you're you're supposed to use oh, them sparingly. Sparingly. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. would have counted for my quiz. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And congrats on getting through that whole 30. Oh, I'm <laughs> not ready to talk about that yet. No. <laughs> no, we will not be it talking about experience. that today. It was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> um, another good experience that you have really embraced is running. Yes. And when I first met you years and years ago, you I don't you were always athletic, but you weren't quite what you would call quote unquote a runner. So what led up to your decision? to be a runner how did you how did this become part of your weekly life yeah so I had been um a couple years ago I I I okay growing up I was like you said pretty athletic um always kind of had been said natural interest and ability in it and then I sort of just got lazy I had kids and really stopped um doing anything physically and well for yourself for myself yep I in terms of exercise I was yeah. you know just my day was filled with taking care of kids and working. So uh, it's not that I intentionally didn't. I just, you know, didn't have time or didn't make it a priority. Anyway, I started to have some health issues and thought maybe exercise could help. And so I got a gym membership and started doing group fitness classes, which I loved. So that's why I think that pound class you talked about would be fun. Yeah. And realized that as much as I loved it, it wasn't using my time and money effectively and efficiently. I was sort of in the process of this minimalism journey and realized that spending two hours out of the house to go to a 45-minute class at the gym, um, you know, multiple times a week, plus the cost of the gym membership, just really wasn't using our resources the way that we wanted to. And so we canceled the gym membership and I thought, okay, well, what can I do that's a good workout that's time uh you know, uses time effectively and efficiently and is relatively low cost. And running was an obvious contender. So I like goals and I thought I need a goal. Otherwise, I'm just not going to do this. So I decided I should set something that seemed really hard uh, that I'd really have to work for. Otherwise, I'd say, well, I can just wing it. I'll be fine. So I decided I would run a half marathon. And it was in early May, I think the first week of May, I started running. And my plan was to do this half marathon two months later. No, would have been the end of July. So I guess three months, May, June, July. So three months later. And I started running and I said, I'm not a runner. I don't really want to be doing this, but it's a good workout. I want to stay on this like track of taking care of my body. And so I'll do it. And as I'm running, I have several friends who are runners and several of them have done marathons in the past and we're like Lisa you need to do a marathon and I would laugh and I would say no 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 I'm not a runner I hate running I'm never ever gonna run a marathon I'll do this half marathon that's my goal famous last words words. (laughs) 
So I get about halfway into training for the half marathon and just on a whim, I was like, okay, I'll let's look at this training plan for the marathon. And I thought, I'm going to look at this thing and it's going to be so daunting and I'll be like, haha, see, that's why I'm not doing it. Well, I looked at it and lo and behold, um, like the plan for how far you would run in terms of distance for the full marathon in our area, um, which falls in early October lined up exactly with what I was doing for the half marathon. So Meant to be. it wouldn't have it, all it would have. I mean, I wouldn't have to change anything I had currently been doing. I just would do it longer. And so I, I prayed about it and I thought about it and I just didn't know if it was the right time, but I had a lot of different things. Um, it just, it seemed like I was, I was more physically fit than I'd been in a while and I was motivated and I had a friend who um, was uh, had a team of people running to raise money for her. She uh, has cancer and has been uh, trying to just raise money to pay for trials and things that she's been doing. And so all of these things sort of hit me at the same time. And I thought, this is the perfect storm. If I'm ever going to try a marathon, this might be the summer to do it. And so I jumped on board and I signed up and I I started training and I said, like I'm not a, I'm not a runner. I'll do this one time. That's it. It's just a goal and I'm going to cross it off the list and be done. And then in the process of training, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love and somewhere along the way became a runner. Um and I still I you would say I you're a runner, a runner now, right? Now I I I you run to. You ran to my yeah. house. <laughs> like you live several cities away. It was 10.3 <laughs> miles. I remember. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. point 0.3. I'm sure you remember every step. But no, yeah. and it's, I think the difference for me is that now I run because I enjoy it and it's fun and I come back from a run feeling better than I did when I started. And I couldn't say that before, you know. Right. So you have that that mindscape of this is going to be a positive outcome. So you can keep yourself coming back and actually looking forward right. to that time. Well, I see – Back to Max and the pop-up lemonade stand. I mean, really, it's like a mini version. Like you're really teaching your children by example and doing these hard things. And they're seeing that and being able to support uh, people in need too. I think that's really great for you guys. Yeah. Um, As far as you had mentioned, you looked at your schedule when you were doing like a half marathon and it was kind of similar than it lined up with the whole marathon. Is there a specific, um, I don't know what it would be, like an app, marathon app, or did you track it on paper? When did you write it down on that 12 by 12 calendar? Like mom's I one totally per one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are different uh, apps and programs that you can follow when you're training for um, some kind of a long distance event. And one of the most popular ones is called Hal Higdon. Hal Higdon is a, a guy who has run a lot of marathons and has a lot of different training plans based on your fitness level and your goal in terms of pace and distance. So they're free. I like free. And so I went on there and I, I printed off two when I uh, have trained for different things. I usually print off two different levels of fitness so that I can kind of see what feels right for me at that time in terms of distance and um and pace because he'll sometimes he'll say like what pace you should be running at 
So I just would print those off on a piece of paper and stick it on the fridge. But then when I was training for the marathon and it, it really became a family affair because my, when you're in that, there's a month, you know, about six weeks before the event for the, that month, it's, it's a lot of running and it affects everyone. And so I would put it on the calendar so everyone would know, you know, how far I was going and which days I was running. Are you a crosser offer? Like, would you get back from that running run to the fridge and like cross off? Or did you just kind of uh, keep it I would hole? cross it off unless my kids got to it first. I, my, my oldest, who's doing the triathlon, he would ask every day how far I ran and if I'd already done it or if I was still going to. And he would beat me sometimes to the paper and cross it off for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. little coach. <laughs> yep. Manager. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, before we start our third segment, let's play a game called Top 3. Okay, so no timers this go round. I have a bowl filled with scraps of paper naming different categories. Okay, so you will give me your top three suggestions for whichever three categories I pick out. And I made these a bit more general for you than specific categories um, that I might give a quote unquote okay. planner <laughs> addict. So, I don't know sticker brands. <laughs> I'm not gonna. You're like, what's your favorite Etsy shop? Uh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be as exciting. Okay. Got it? Any questions? Let me have it. Let me have it. Okay. Number one. I feel like I'm taking... I wish I had a raffle prize or something. <laughs> okay. Authors worth knowing about. Oh. And as a, as a background, I didn't mention this in your intro, you are an English teacher. True. Yes. And have a master's degree in English education with a minor in sociology with an emphasis in law and criminology. Is that right? That's right. Yep. So um, what authors uh, should we know about? <laughs> they could relate to anything. Like it could be like a high school fiction. It could be the best in minimalism blogger, you know, whatever, whatever you want. Okay. So authors worth knowing about. Well, my favorite author is George Orwell. He wrote 1984 and Animal Farm, among other things. That is an author worth knowing about. Everyone should read George Orwell. Um, next, Harper Lee, author of To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, my next favorite American author. Uh, well, George Orwell is British, but I really like Harper Lee. And then third, I'm going to go with the children's author, uh, Judy Sierra. She wrote um, a children's book called Wild About Books, which is my favorite book to read to my kids. And it's sort of in the vein of Dr. Seuss, but it's a little bit, um, I don't know, I, I find it more witty and a little bit smarter. It's just, it's funny. So those are my three. Awesome. Okay. We have two more topics. And this one is Places You'd Like to Travel. Everywhere. I love traveling. I I would love to get to East Asia someday, like Thailand, Fiji, I don't know, somewhere over there. I've never been to that part of the world. I really would like to get to Alaska. Mm. I've been obsessed with Alaska for a couple years, um, reading about it and watching shows about it, and I, I just want to go there. So the next topic? Mm-hmm podcast you're digging right now i love podcasts uh so there's one that we listen to my kids and i listen to a lot it's called stories podcast 
um, it's great. They they just retell a bunch of stories, and some are adapted, some are original, but they're great. So stories podcast. Also, in the dark is what I listen to when I'm running. It's uh, I think it's by it's an NPR program. Like Amer- I can't remember which branch it is, but in the dark, it's great. It's a crime podcast. Oh, harkens back to your your minor. Yes, yes. Um, and then the last one, I like TED Talks. They have a TED Talks daily, and they're just usually 10 or 20-minute podcasts on different topics. And so I'll listen to that on short runs sometimes, too. Will you listen to whatever's just up in the feed, or do you have, like, a certain category of TED Talks that you gravitate towards? Whatever's in the feed. I like the randomness of it. I'll just see, you know, there's so many different topics, and... I like listening to people talk about something they're passionate about. So whatever the topic is, I'll listen. Right. So let's hope our listeners love listening to people <laughs> passionate about efficiency totally. and planning. So as a work-at-home mom with your kids around, so they're, um, well, pretty much both school age. So working at home with the challenges of not just before school and after school with kids around and um, potentially summer, but all year round, you have your kids home with you. And then the added task or joy, depending on the day, right, um, of educating your own children as well. How would you say, now this is kind of a big question, I know, but how do you balance your life? Like, how do you train those around you to respect your work time? How do you get out from the computer once in a while or get back to the computer once in a while. Will you kind of explain that, what that's like for you? Yeah, well, it's, it's not easy. And it took me a lot of years to come up with a system that is mostly functional most of the time. Um, Cause there are certainly days and moments in the day where it doesn't work. But one of the philosophies that I've adopted uh, is called, or I call it chunking my time. So I have different chunks of the day for different things. Um, you know, the morning I'll have a chunk of time that's just for, you know, home time, right? Doing, putting the dishes away, take, you know, helping the kids get ready, fixing our beds, like just things you do when you live in a house, right? So I'll have mm-hmm. a chunk of time for that. And then we'll have a chunk of time for school with the kids. Um, so where I'm teaching them or working with them on something or reading to them, and then I'll have a chunk of time for work and, um, my family just, I, they just know like this is mom's work time and they don't typically interrupt me. When they were younger, they would interrupt me a bit more, but mostly now they respect that because I have to keep in my head that this is just a chunk of time that I have to end. Like if I tell them I'm going to be done at a certain time, I have to hold myself accountable mm. to that. Or, you know, if I say I'm going to be done, I don't always do it by time. Sometimes I'll say by task, I'm going to finish grading. And so I'm, a, I'm an online teacher. And so my kids will come to me and say, how many more assignments do you have to grade? And so then I can tell them, like, I have five <laughs> more assignments. And then, okay, how many more assignments do you have now? And so um, sometimes it's time-based. I'll be done at 2 o'clock. Sometimes it's task-based. But that's a chunk of time. And I kind of just throughout my day look at things in that manner. So it's just a chunk of time for whatever it is that's in front of me at that moment. And it helps me to stay focused on that because otherwise it's so easy to get distracted. And while I'm grading, be thinking about, you know, oh gosh, you know, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? Or I forgot I need to schedule that swimming lesson or, you know, you just get distracted really easily. Or when I'm reading to the kids instead of, I'm really good at reading out loud, but having no idea what I'm saying because 
I'm actually thinking about like something else in my mind. And so if I chunk my time in that way and I keep myself accountable to it, it saves my mental clarity so I can stay focused. And it just sort of helps us all know what we're doing at any point in the day. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that mind balance before. You know, really being present, I think, is something to look you know, as it's an ambition. So hard, but it's so important. I think it's something that we have to keep working towards because we just have, we're pulled in so many different directions in a, a day, but um, yeah, just really being present and staying focused, you know, it's getting the most out of it. Yeah. I think you use the word chunk like the most eloquently <laughs> I've ever heard anyone talk about a chunk. <laughs> Oh, so to wrap up this um, portion, this segment about work at home, homeschool, life balance, um, tell me about your setup. You know, us planner girls are all about the hardware, um, whether it's on digital or not, but, you know, we have the pension for the paper. Um, Do you have like a three ring binder you use, printables? Do you just write it on a whiteboard? Do you just tell people what you're doing? iCal. And is it separate for work and personal? Yes. So we have that, my, the infamous 12 by 12 calendar on the wall. That is our <laughs> personal family calendar. Uh, and then I, I have two others. So I also have a, just a calendar and outlook for work. Uh, and that's where I keep track of meetings and things for work, though I often write those on the 12 by 12 wall calendar as well so that other people know when they're coming. Um, and then for homeschool, I've tried a gajillion things. I I love um, designing templates. And so I've designed countless templates on the computer and then I'll print them off and I write things in because I do like having that paper document, but none of the ones I've created have been quite right for the long haul. And so I'm constantly changing it. Currently I'm trying to keep it on the computer um, just to save paper. And so I'm trying a Google spreadsheet template that I made up Mm -hmm. to plan lessons for the kids. Um, so yeah. How do you articulate? So like, so let's say it is online Mm -hmm. or on your desktop or laptop. How would you then articulate that to your kids? Do they have their own little sheets of paper or is it just sort of at that point where you can be like, it's learning chunk time. (laughs) Pretty much. That's what it is now. I tried last year. I had them each at the first day of school. They painted, they like used watercolors and made this, um, basically like a daily checklist for themselves that I was going to, I laminated and I was going to write on there every day. Here's what you need to do today. And then that lasted about one day and (laughs) didn't work. Um, And so up really for most of the year, it was, okay, what am I doing for math today? And then I would just tell them what they were doing. Um, But I'm thinking in this coming year, because this is the first year that I will have two doing school on a regular basis. Um, I might come up with a system. We have a really big whiteboard. And so taking like some painter tape and court, like sectioning off part of that whiteboard. Or washi kid. tape. You know, you know, you can come to me for the washi. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> making it fancy. <laughs> making like a permanent template. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then just writing it like, okay, so Max has this section of the board. Mason has this section of the board. Here's like shared subjects and writing it on there. Um which might be helpful because now I have a reader. I didn't have a reader before, so I could make all these lists and he had no idea what they said. Whereas now- It's kind of like getting a, a, an, a gift card yeah. experience for Christmas. Like, oh, words. Thanks. Right, right. <laughs> yep. It's, it's totally useful. 
Um, so that might be something I'm thinking ahead to, I don't know. We don't, I'm not doing any school with them for another month. So I have time to figure it out, but we'll see what happens. Well, before we wrap up our time together, I'd like you to humor me and play one last game. Okay. It's called what's not. I will list six facts. One of which is not true. Your job is to get guess which one is made up. Okay. So, since you are a self-proclaimed beach lover and even have a wave tattoo on your forearm. Back. Yes. For life. <laughs> so, in honor of that and your passion for ocean life, the facts I will name will be beaches in Africa. Oh, dear. And did you know Africa, to add to the vastness of this, has over 20,000 feet of coastline. Of course they do. Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'll say a number and a, and a place, and I'll go through each one. Okay, so one. there's six, and, and then... I'm going to say the one that's not true. Is that how this works? Okay. Right. So keep your, that's not it, till the end. But you can, like, you can, like, verbally think about, mm, maybe that, mm, or not, or you can just listen. So two. Okay. Here we go. No timer. <laughs> One, Tenerife. Two, Kirimbas National Sounds Park. Okay. Three, Kalahari. Four, Port St. John's. Five, Seychelles. Six, Cape Verde. Can you say number one again? Tenerife. Tenerife. The Seychelles, I have a friend who vacationed there, and I'm pretty sure that's in Africa. The others sound very African or like colonialist names, but Tenerife, that just, I don't know that there'd be a reef in Africa. So I'm thinking that. Do you want me to spell it? Yes. Would you? T E N E R I F E. Oh, so it's not like Tena Reef where there's going to be right. like coral. Oh, gosh, this is hard. I'm going to go with um, the St. John one. I just, that doesn't feel right to me. I'm going to go with whatever the St. John okay, one Okay, so four was Port St. John. That's the one. That's yep. the one? I'm that is get... true. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Oh, That's no. in South Africa. I know it sounds Caribbean or something, yes, doesn't it? it does, yeah. Yeah. Um, the one that is not true is Kalahari. No way. Yes, that is a desert. Oh, I know. <laughs> Kalahari, that's in Africa. That's got to be. Yeah, I know. They're all, all of the places I mentioned are in Africa. Oh, man. Maybe I should have prefaced it with that. Well, and we're in Minnesota. And the Wisconsin Dells is a water park not too far from the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin. And there is a water park at Wisconsin Dells called the Kalahari. Yes. Yep. And so I was like, oh, for sure, that's a little stumper because I'll she'll think of water. I did. I was like, oh, I thought of Kalahari Desert. Probably goes up to a coastline somewhere. I'm sure there's a beach involved. Like, <laughs> Well, forgive me if that's actually true. But when I was looking at the map, it looked mostly like a desert in southern Africa. So, that's okay. Maybe you'll get to all of these beaches sometime in your traveling everywhere goal. Yes, let's add those to my list. (laughs) Yes. Let me know how it goes. 
<laughs> okay, Lisa, thanks so much for coming on my podcast with me and sharing about minimalism and running and home work-life balance. It's been a treat to get to know you better. And remember, behind every planner, there is a person. And behind every person, there is a story. Till next time. Thank you.